1: Everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the man himself, the one, the only Mark Garagos. David, how are you? I mean, how are you? We were just talking. Listen, I know you're a busy guy. I know what an hour of your time, if you were billing this, goes for. So, and I know you have a hard out. Well, so, I,
2: I actually am a little intrigued. You, Did you ever practice? I did practice. Yes, I
1: was just telling you I was a lawyer before. I practiced. I never practiced. I always said if I had to do it all over again and I have no regrets in life, I would probably do criminal defense. But when I got out of law school, I majored in accounting. I was a CPA. I sold out for like, here are all your jobs in corporate tax because you're an accountant or your jobs are nowhere and you can go work for no money. And yes, although you can make a lot of money, I said, I'm just going to sell out for the money and let me just take the damn corporate job.
2: Yeah. And did, uh, and how rewarding was that? You know, my brother-in-law um, was at, I won't name the firm, and I used to tease him, you could die in your office, this is pre-COVID, and your rigor mortis could set in, and the smell would be awful, and nobody would notice for seven days. Nobody could
1: notice for seven days and it wasn't even the hours. I mean, believe it or not, I work harder now and I had a business in between. I used to have a staffing agency that I sold. I had like a lot of different careers, but yeah, no, it was not rewarding at all, Mark. I had no interest. I was a horrible employee. I just, there was no redeeming qualities about me as an employee or I had no interest.
2: I love it. Should I even ask what firm you were at? I
1: was at, well, you know, I, and I ended up doing a lot of the accounting firms, you know, I mean, we had the big, you know, we had Brown and Wood back in the day, all of those big, those big, lovely places. I, I, you know what it is when you're not interested, you jump around a lot, right? Cause you're like, wait, they're catching on to me over here. So I'm just going to go get that job over there. And then eventually you're like, David, what type of life is this? Because you're miserable. You have to figure something out. And then that's when I went through my You know, and then, you know, your parents, when you you do land on your feet and you're successful, because, you know, Jewish parents, they're just like, as long as you're going to make money.
2: Just like Armenian parents. I get it. If you're not a doctor and you're afraid of the sight of blood, you become a lawyer. That I had two choices,
1: doctor or lawyer. And then when I quit law, no one wanted to hear from it. And then. I eventually fell into staffing and I had a company that was more successful than when I was practicing law. And then my parents were like, oh, this is the best thing you ever did. And I'm like, well, that's not what you said when I quit law. You never wanted to speak to me again. But it all worked out, Mark. I love it. Listen, like I said.
2: So I'm yeah. going to ask you, how'd you get into this reality series world?
1: Oh, my gosh. I And I was just telling your colleague, Gary, like, if you need someone to come on your podcast, like, this is really what I talk about, I I was talking about all these topics. I mean, listen, I interview a lot of these people. I've had every person from Bravo on this, but I like to talk about these topics of like networks and people and what's it just, I fell into it. I really, I was hanging out with some reality TV people. I split my time between New York and LA. So, you know, there's a lot of reality TV people in New York and LA I just kind of became friends with some of them. And then when this podcast started, there was one vision and it just morphed into, this is a seven day a week show where I do interviews and or talk about what's going on. So it's like, it's the show was successful before COVID, but it took off during COVID and just became a thing. And, you know, I didn't really start this technically to like really, you know, make this a booming business, but that's what it's become.
2: Well, so, you know, I, uh, my law partner, um, during COVID, he and his brothers started a podcast called Midas Touch, and the it has grown into a monolith. It's uh, and all it started in COVID, and it's thriving now. And so I get that. I've watched it; it's an amazing COVID. Really, let a lot of people kind of the shutdowns, at least, reinvent themselves and it reinvented the idea of work and offices and and all kinds of things. I mean, they're. Uh, Mind you, there was a lot bad about what happened during the lockdowns, horrible stuff that happened, death and destruction, not the least of which, but there was, you know, for creative people, there were things that were redeeming about it.
1: I'm a creative and I think like, I'm just like, if I'm addicted to anything in the world, it is work, like I will admit that. And so I'm just like, look, I mean, I love a drink just like the next person. But I'm like, I just can't be that person that sleeps all day or wakes up and has it just drinks wine all day. And so I tripled, quadrupled down on work. And I was like in my own cocoon in my home when all of this destruction was going on. And that's really how this show kind of took off.
2: So when you saw, I guess, I, and I will tell you, I was not in the reality world, although since I've become and I had tip to Bethany, who kind of Uh, dragged me into it and has educated me, the uh, and is just a force of nature. She's wonderful. Uh, and apparently, I never paid attention because surrounding me in my world are people who know more about this than you could ever imagine, you know. And and so, it's it's nice to talk to somebody. It's also, have you come to the conclusion that they are kind of the reality area is kind of the red-haired orphan stepchild of the uh, broadcast or the media or the studios?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's come a long way, right? But I think there is, because now you have actresses like Lisa Rinna and Garcelle Bouvet, and like you have actresses that have gone on to be reality TV stars. But I mean, that's a lot of what I was going to ask you too, just as far as like, there's certain things that are in the contracts and you hear, and I'm like, I don't know. I wonder if this is, I mean, just starting at the beginning, by the way, I could, like I said, before we went on air, I literally have about 13 hours of questions here for you. So we're going to do the cliff Notes version. And then when you come back, if people find it interesting, I'll come back or I'll bring you onto my podcast. Cause listen, I mean, nothing. I mean, I'm showing my age now. I was obsessed with a Menendez brothers case growing up. So I want to talk to I mean, not today because these people are just saying like, David mentioned Bethany. He mentioned Bethany stay on that. But I would love to talk about the Menendez brothers. That's so interesting to me. But like, how did you get involved with Bethany? Like, is, does the phone ring and it's like, oh, "My name is Bethany Frankel." Like, were you aware of Real Housewives? My co
2: counsel, my co counsel, who's uh, I consider a very close friend, Brian Friedman, and I were talking about it, and he, Bethany, had reached out um, since she reached out, just starting to talk to her uh as i mentioned she's a force of nature we've been inundated i mean an hour does not go by where the office does not receive a call with some horror story from somebody who was basically abused by some production company or i couldn't report and not just the on-air talent behind the scenes the grips the 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 workers the the people who really make the shows uh, happen um and One of the amazing things that stood out to me, at least initially, was these NDAs, these prohibitive NDAs, which, as you've probably seen, Brian and I already sent a letter out basically telling them, you know, guys, by the way, time out, take a look. This violates California law on its face. And um, to their credit, at least, they're now backpedaling on that. Um, for a variety of reasons i don't want to get into the the legal nitty-gritty but many much of what i've seen here is breathtaking in terms of uh what has happened how they've been treated the lack of protection the kind of locking people up so they can't talk about what they see or what has happened and then just kind of this creation of car wrecks if you will uh, so that people will watch, so that you get eyeballs, and that would be, I guess, you know, they. Some people I've heard the response: well, they signed up for it. This is their ticket to fame. I don't think anybody signs up for, you know, uh, being abused uh, mentally and having and kind of not being safe and and being and having that kind of phenomena be then broadcast and then not being able to kind of confront or remedy or have a safety net, so to speak. I mean, it really is kind of shocking.
1: And really, like, you're now that this is a reality reckoning, like, your phone in the office rings, like, at least several... I'm
2: telling you, not just the phone. I get inundated by the... Either from the website or people emailing. I'm I'm telling you, I've I've got a couple of people who are dedicated to just fielding all of the inquiries. I mean, the numbers... Of people involved, both in front of the screen, behind the screen, is is astronomical.
1: How many? Just approximately? Like you don't keep up with it because you're. But how many do you think? I I I,
2: I I would have to I would have to go back and itemize. But you know we're keep trying to keep up with it. But it's just it's we're inundated. It's like, like thousands it. a day, something like that. I would just say conservatively on because I, I have them report to me weekly. At least hundreds every week, which is wow. Wow, because the stories and the 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 way that people describe what was done to them, the basically withholding food, plying with alcohol, taking advantage of somebody who's having a mental health break, leaning into it, uh, restrictive NDAs, not the ability not to uh, complain. If you complain the threat of financial ruin, I mean, it really, if you, if you, the story of collecting the reality horror stories could be a reality story in and of itself. Could be a reality show in and of itself. Exactly. The
1: wait is over. That's right. A season five of The Kardashians is here.
0: 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as... What are you waiting for? Go to indicloudco spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to Intocloud.co spring24. That's co.com to snag 30% off your first order.
1: Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that my drink of choice is a Grey Goose Martini. Not a weak drink. One is never enough. Two is really the right amount. But I often have three. And I used to have days where I woke up, I was hungover. And that night when I went to bed, I was still hungover from the night before. It's so not worth it. Well, all of that is a thing of the past because I discovered Waterboy. Waterboy has saved and changed my life. It's a hydration powder scientifically formulated to cut your hangover time in half. There are other hydration packs on the market, but nothing came close to fighting this hangover like Waterboy. With zero sugar and over three times the electrolytes of liquid IV, your hangover has no chance anymore. Unlike their competitors, Waterboy has added ingredients beyond just hydration to help with nausea, fatigue, and that anxiety. Oh my god, don't you guys get that anxiety when you have a hangover? Hundreds of thousands of people already trust Waterboy as their hangover cure. It's time to stop dealing with a hangover alone. For a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off discount when they use code VELVET at waterboy.com. That's 15% off with code VELVET at waterboy.com. Waterboy has got you recovered. I can't stress to you how obsessed I am with Quince. Quince has truly become my spot for quiet luxury without paying luxury prices. My favorite thing is their cashmere sweatsuit. I have matching top and bottom. It's this bright blue color. And it's cashmere, top and bottom, and it costs $150 for cashmere. They have European linen for under $50, silk skirts, Italian leather bags, and 14-karat gold jewelry starting at $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And it's stuff that won't go out of fashion season to season. They have women's, men's, baby, and they have home blankets, towels, candles rubs upgrade your closet this fall with quince right now go to quince.com slash velvet rope to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's q u i n c com slash velvet rope for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash velvet all of you who listen to this podcast on the regular know two things about me i love reality tv and i love coffee I mean, how many cups of coffee do I drink on average here per show? Three. But what you guys may not know is that the only coffee I love is Starbucks. I love everything about a Starbucks. Do you know that I'm such a regular here in East Hampton at my Starbucks that in the morning when I go in, I don't even have to speak to them? They literally make my drink because I'm standing in line and hand it to me when I go to pay. Now, as we head into the fall, my normal fall drink is usually the pumpkin spice latte. But this fall, I need to tell you guys about the iced apple crisp. This new drink is an iced apple crisp oat milk shaken espresso. Yum. Just let that sink in. Do you know how good this is? It's made with blonde espresso, creamy oat milk, and spiced apple flavors. Oh my God. You could sit back and you can enjoy all autumn long. So you guys have to try this and let me know what you think. And listen, order ahead on the Starbucks app. That's right. Order ahead before you get there on the Starbucks app and enjoy. Well, I mean, listen, and I'm not trying to sell or get downloads for the Behind the Velvet Row podcast. But if you went on my back feed and you looked at all these interviews I've done, I've heard these stories. I mean, false imprisonment. As soon as I saw that, I said, oh, I could think of three people off top of my head. Revenge porn, I could think of two. I mean, so all of this is like, okay, well, yeah, I've I've heard these stories from all these interviews
2: I've done over the years. I Mm -hmm. I, I just don't understand how it's gone on so long without any kind of reckoning.
1: Is it, well, where is, you know, so like I understood what you guys were saying about the NDAs. I mean, there's also this California law, which I didn't know until I saw that. But, you know, that's the thing. Like I I... pointed it out
2: in the letter that, and I think to some degree, in fact, I would submit based on my anecdotal experience, almost uniformly until people saw the first, the second letter that Brian and I sent people didn't realize wait a second here you mean I, I i don't have to be ruined financially if i voice my concern i mean i don't know whether they hesitated to come on your podcast or not but i would submit to you if they came on your podcast and they had an nda that they must be somebody who was in a position that they said screw it i, I you know i'm going to i'm going to violate anyway because these ndas are about as illegal and as restrictive as I've ever seen.
1: Really, like these NBC ones are some of the worst you've ever seen.
2: Well, they, they there's a if you take a look at the language that was used and you trace it back to where it came from, you then take a look at the labor code, the government code, and uh, uh, much of the litigation that has gone on. Uh, in fact, recent unanimous California Supreme Court cases. I, I'm I don't even understand what somebody was thinking here. I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, I wake up every day and kind of slap my head. I this makes no sense to me seemingly smart people just leaning into violations of law.
1: Well, and I yes, what do you think of Bravo's recent like response NBC's where they say, you know, well, we're not holding anyone to this. We would never want someone not to speak if they feel that they've witnessed these injustices. You're smiling.
2: I won't get into it. I just recently had discussions. I'm not going to reveal that. I will just tell you those responses. The best case, the best spin you can put on the public responses by them is really with a question mark. What do you mean by that? There isn't anybody who signed those things. I would submit to you who believes that what they're saying now is what they were what they said before they saw the letters that were out there. I mean, I find that hard to believe. You tell me, do you see anybody who came onto your podcast who was saying, um, yeah, they said it was okay for me to complain about these things. They they welcomed that they didn't they did anybody say or has anybody said before we pointed out the actual statutes that prohibit this, was anybody saying, yeah, they, they welcomed our complaints. They were waiting for our complaints. They wanted to know what it was we thought were uh, violations of law. Uh, no, it wasn't happening.
1: Well, not only that, but is it common with like other networks or like, you know, I know you do a lot in the entertainment business, like to say, so like, for instance, like Bravo will say to their talent, like the current talent, like you can't do any interviews unless we're, unless we approve it. So like, if someone wants to go on and, you know, on, I don't know, on ABC, on Kathy, who whatever show, Good Morning America, and talk about their experience on Housewives, whether it's positive or negative, they say, you can't do that. You can't do this podcast. I mean, is that clause, you know, like- is that
2: first it? of all, first of all, uh, the way that it's written and what we put in the letter, we deconstructed it, I and Brian did a wonderful job uh, of putting that in the letter uh, and the statutory analysis. You know, the what somebody used to tell me when I was young: "You're going to believe me, or you're going to believe my eyes." I would say you're gonna believe me or you're gonna believe what's written in the NDA? Are you gonna believe me or you're gonna believe what's written in the statute, what the legislature said?
1: Are you getting calls? You know, there is this narrative, like feel free to confirm or dispel this narrative out there that, you know oh, this is a whole bunch of people that used to be on the Bravo network. You know, quote unquote, these are disgruntled employees. They're, they're no longer employed. They were fired. You know, is that the case or are you hearing from current
2: employees on current Bravo shows? We've got the full range. So I've heard that argument that usually, uh, uh, in fact, much of what I've seen in response is obviously patently kind of PR spin. Uh, because everybody who says, oh, it's only old to squandered ones. Really? I've got, I've got I have got i can't tell you how many people who are currently employed there. Oh, it's only, uh, or this person um, would not have a career otherwise. Really? Are you kidding me? I mean, Bethany is a perfect example of that. She's a force of nature and has turned down kind of the exploitive uh, uh, items. So none of that, every single one of theirs, the protestations, if you will, obviously is PR flack generated. What about, you know, when you hear from people that are
1: currently at Bravo, is there a fear of like, Hey, Mark, I'm calling you. I'm calling Bethany, but please, I am I mean, do people say things like I'm afraid, yeah. right?
2: I'm not going to violate that confidence, but I can't tell you the number of people who have said, I want to make sure this is confidential. I don't want retribution. I've seen what, uh, would has happened to others. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, I will tell you that if we get, if we get to the point of filing um, uh, litigation in this case, initiate, we've already initiated, we've done a letter that has asked them to preserve, if you will, all of their internal memorandum, because we have it on pretty good authority that there are some smoking guns uh, internally. But aside from that, I, it would be a it would be seismic in terms of what would happen. I I believe because I've seen it in other cases, the number of people who would then feel like okay, I've got a little bit of protection because there now is a legal proceeding. I think you would see exponentially what I've already characterized to you at least is being inundated.
1: Right, like you're inundated, people are calling you currently on Bravo, they're saying is this confidential, but if you actually file a lawsuit, you think what, then current Bravo employees will well, not think, feel safer. I, right,
2: I think the people who feel like they're constrained by the what I characterize and Brian characterizes as illegal NDAs, I think they would feel at that point, okay, I now have somebody or a vehicle by which I can address these things that I've been basically holding in. I mean, there's the... the I don't want to minimize some of the mental health kind of horror stories that I've heard so far. I mean, it they, they really is shocking. Can you share just like
1: one of the more... Without obviously names, like something just so egregious that you heard or have seen well, in a text?
2: You, you mentioned the revenge porn. I mean, that is... I, I think, uh, you know, there's few things that I think... Are more kind of uh, atrocious than somebody not only doing it. I mean, I I kind of understand when somebody gets jilted. I mean, I've represented, I've been on the defense side uh, enough times to understand that kind of craziness that love brings, right? Or jilted, being jilted brings. But when it gets to the level where it's monetized, if you will, that's that's really. That's really where you say to yourself, "Okay, you cross the line. You need to, you need to, uh, you need to make amends,"
1: and monetize by what the network?
2: Clearly, clearly. I mean, you're in this world um, and have been in it a lot longer than I have. I mean, doesn't it strike you as as just a line that has been crossed? When you yeah. See
1: and I mean, with you all with the revenge porn, do you have more than one case that you have?
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's and you know, there's there's all kinds of things that that have been alleged. I mean, that one of the ways to keep people quiet is to subtly or not so subtly say you don't want to go there because we can release this. You don't want to go there because we've got the outtakes of this. I mean, you know, it's kind of like the, for years I've used the um, expression when somebody does something that's inexplicable is do they have negatives? You know, do they've got the negatives? You know what I mean? And so that expression derives from kind of, how do you keep somebody quiet? You've got the pictures, you've got now what people would say, I've got the receipts. Um, This is a very sophisticated version of that. Right, or what? Like the Bravo Network
1: is saying, don't quit. You
2: know, the, or their kind of their um, uh, Bravo, or their what I call a cutout. The production company is uh, doing the dirty work in, in some instances. It's a, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. As we do this investigation, we're clearly finding that the 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 networks, the production companies. All have uh this uh, the symbiotic meaning they understand there's a weak and a nod there's this way to that you kind of try to separate the production company from the network and say, "Well, you know that's really the production company that's not us uh, This is a common tactic in the law.
1: If you guys are anything like me, you love the summer, but listen, things get a little laid back in the summer, right? Now that it's fall, like I am so in the zone on everything, work, eating healthy, and working out. And now that I'm back to a routine, I don't know, I found myself getting bored very quickly with my workout. And that's when I turned to Peloton. A workout shouldn't be boring, right? Especially if you're spending a bunch of money on it. Enter the Peloton bike. I love my Peloton bike. It motivates me and it keeps my workouts never feeling routine. They have an endless amount of variety with their exercise options. And Peloton is not just a class. I find myself getting so into these workouts. I'm like whooping along at the top of my lungs, like I'm obsessed. I've turned all my friends onto Peloton. And listen, it's not a fitness fad, it actually works. Do you know that 90% of Peloton households that join at the start of the year are still active 12 months later? Listen, if you're unsure, try Peloton Bike or bike plus free for 30 days. Not right? Just return it and get a full refund. So find your zone with a 30-day worry-free home trial at Peloton Bikes. Visit onepeloton.com slash home trial. Honey love, I don't wear their shapewear, their bras, or any of their other products. I have no problem with a man wearing women's shapewear, but I've sent them to all of our regular co-hosts, Sarah Frazier, Rachel Yucatel, and everyone I've sent Honey Love to says the same thing. Their bras are the most comfortable bras they've ever worn. Honey Love has revolutionized the bra game. Listen, ladies, you know how your traditional bras have that uncomfortable underwire and bulky fabrics that trap the heat? Well, Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. Plus, they're made with fabrics that's so soft, it feels like a second skin. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. It's so next level comfortable, you'll forget you're actually wearing a bra. Their best seller is the crossover bra, bra, And trust me, if you try this, it's going to be your new go-to. You'll never wear another bra again. So treat yourself to the best shape we're on the market, and save twenty percent off at HoneyLove.com/velvet. Use our exclusive link to get twenty percent off. HoneyLove.com/velvet cinched, snatched, and lifted. It's hot girl season, thanks to HoneyLove. It is a common tactic. Can you see if you guys do file a lawsuit, the production companies, because they're all different for each housewife franchise. Can you see maybe the production companies or really NBC and Bravo turning on the production companies? That's just like, right? We see that in the law where, hey, Mark, I'm I'm going to go testifying. I'm not going to jail. And that person could go rotten in jail well, for the rest of their life. We have
2: already seen, and I don't want to get too into legal weeds. We've already seen that. We've already seen... The, the kind of the smarter, what I would say, litigation savvy people already start to reach out and say, hey, we thought this was blessed. Hey, we were just doing, you know, the network bidding, that kind of a, that kind of a attack. I mean, I, without getting into the specifics to you know, where somebody can identify, yes, you're spot on when you make that analysis.
1: Right. Because that is I mean, you know, just being a lawyer, that is a smart tactic of like the big fish here is Bravo NBC. So if I was the production company, I would say, hey, Mark and Bethany Frankel, what do you want for me?
2: No, I've done a defense of federal criminal prosecutions for almost 40, actually more than 40 years. The feds for that entire time have utilized this idea of working up the food chain. And so that's kind of the federal method of, in criminal prosecutions, you take somebody here, you squeeze them, they go up, they turn in somebody else, there's an incentive in it. Um, That happens. That's, That's a method, if you will.
1: I just have one question before you move on about the revenge porn. You know, and you don't have to really admit who is involved, but I just have a question because there's a lot of talk online. Just you take Raquel Levis, who just did this interview with Bethany.
2: When you go after someone, for by the revenge, way, yes. you know what that showed to me? What? That my anecdotal experience that I'm in the middle of something where I, a, a world that I just was not plugged into before. That interview rocketed her podcast that shows you everything you need to know. You're in the podcast world, uh, as am I. Um, That was the most downloaded podcast. And mind you, I've been partners with Adam Carolla, who I think holds the Guinness Book of World Records for most downloads. That podcast exploded because there is an incredible interest in this. I could have told you that. I mean, I I wish you had. This is what I'm saying.
1: Once I knew you were kind of like, you don't realize like you could call me. I can help you. I, I, this is the world I live in. No, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is going to break. I mean, Bethany was so smart. I have started, I've done three-part interviews. I've started that years ago and she did. I'm like, yes, break this down, Bethany, go slow. Let's, it's a business, right? So no, I mean that I understand with the revenge porn. I'm just curious because there's so much chatter about this. So Raquel, just hypothetically not having anything to do with you her ex Tom Sandoval, you know, films her without her consent. Can he be liable to the person that films it? And then Ariana allegedly sent this out. Can you be liable? So can like each person be liable Tom for filming it, Ariana for sending it out. And if you just send it to yourself, if Ariana just sent it to her own phone, can she still be liable?
2: Um, Let me say this. You, you said, did you say hypothetically
1: because hypothetically yes we went
2: from hypothetical to specifics very quickly in the span of 15 seconds so i'm going to take you back to hypothetical depending on what jurisdiction you're in and this is not i'm not giving any legal advice or betraying any confidence but if you're a one party or two party or depending on what the revenge porn laws are the filming without consent depending on the jurisdiction can be One act uh, that violates the law, the distribution, and distribution can be just sending it, is another act, which could be another violation of the law. So the answer to your question is, uh, hypothetically, yes, but all of those examples i just gave not the ones you gave because that would be pinned to specifics but the ones i give where if you film somebody and then distribute it both the act of filming and the distribution depending on your jurisdiction depending on the facts can be multiple violations and in california that jurisdiction
1: includes those two things california
2: has got a pretty robust uh interpretation of this yes
1: and then hypothetically, we won't mention any names. We'll go under your scenario. If you are a woman and you send or a man, but in this, let's whatever it is, if you send it just to yourself, is that in considered distribution? If you send it from someone's phone
2: to your That's phone. That's a more nuanced uh, position um, that might give you or a hook Um for somebody to still hold you a liable or accountable if you were sending it to yourself and it's non-consensual. I can see where that could be another violation uh, as well.
1: And then if you just hypothetically send it out to say three people, we don't need to mention any names like Lala or Sheena or Tom Schwartz. We don't need to mention this. This is very hypothetical. But if you send it out and then those people send it on, does it keep going down the line if you got it from yeah, someone there else? Is,
2: there arguably there's liability at every stage. Wow.
1: And then is there a liability to like a network? If a network takes a scene where it's mentioned and buries it, like, is it, you know, you, you knew about maybe this and you just edit it out. And, you know, like if you kind of edit something.
2: Well, I mean, the part that, that obviously we're investigating is was their knowledge and was the enforcement of illegal? I'm calling illegal meaning against the law. I'm not accusing of a crime necessarily, although there there potentially could be that in certain situations. But against the law, meaning there is a prohibition in the statute against dissemination or against these uh, predatory NDAs. If you are have buried a Scene, and you're using the fact that you have it to enforce an NDA that is illegal because it violates the statute, there's, there's potentially liability there as well.
1: If there's going to be a lawsuit, like what, I think a lot of people are confused. I'm even somewhat confused, but I mean, I'm a lawyer and I guess less, but still confused because I'm not a real lawyer like you. But what is the goal? Like if there's a lawsuit, what is the goal? Because like, you know, we're talking like there's residuals. We're talking about, you know, money. And then we're talking about unfair conditions. Like what is really the goal of a lawsuit? Is it
2: financial? Is it? I think, I think for Bethany, and I don't want to ever speak for her because God knows she can uh, articulate her position uh, wonderfully. But one of the things I've gleaned is, and one of the first things we did, and one of the reasons that we got, SAG after involved in the SAG's been very supportive is I think there needs to be fundamental structural change. They need to, the the reality space needs to join in and needs to be part of the party, not as I, and I don't mean to denigrate um, uh, red-haired orphans, but that I'm using the expression, maybe it's not politically correct, but to be the red-haired orphan stepchild, meaning that it's something that is very popular, very lucrative, but for some reason they don't get the same kind of protections that scripted may be. And I use scripted loosely because one of the things I've already come to find is many of these so-called unscripted situations are about as programmed and scripted as you would ever want to see. So it's, it's really... From a network perspective, having your cake and eating it too. From their standpoint, they get they get to kind of literally ply these people with alcohol deprived them of food, not have the not give them the same protections that scripted people get or that unions get, and at the same time um, profit mightily from it.
1: If you know there you know, it is unionized, I mean, will that like change the face of reality TV?
2: Like what all this clearly, stuff will just I think clearly. I mean I can tell you that many of the things that are happening and are standard operating procedure now, SAG would never let happen. I mean, that would they'd be they'd be there, they'd be calling to a account, it would violate collective agreements, uh, labor agreements and things of that nature. It just wouldn't happen.
1: Right. Like if you have Jennifer Aniston and Julie Roberts filming a rom-com together and you say, here's vodka and you need to drink this vodka at 9 a.m., that would never
2: happen. Yeah. And we're not going to let you eat. Really? And we're going to film you and at your worst. And we're going to, you know, there's there's allegations here that seem to be supportive. We're in the investigative phase. But that this that there was a, a concerted effort to exploit people who were weak and had mental health issues. Well, you can't do that in, you know, take it out of a filming situation. You have I I have seen over the course of many years. There have been criminal prosecutions, and you've probably seen them anecdotally, of ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends trying to get somebody to commit suicide. I mean, you've seen this, these, these kinds of, you see them periodically. There was one here in Van Nuys many years ago. And recently, I think I commented on another um, one that was out of state, not in California. But that's criminal in a civil context, which is a lower burden of proof. That Those kinds of activities uh, have Intentional infliction of emotional distress. You've heard that negligent infliction of emotional distress. There are consequences to trying to cause somebody emotional and mental health distress. What
1: about, you know, there's all this talk and I don't think this is the case. So I'm not, you know, that, you know, like this is personal for Bethany. Like she seems to be taking digs at Andy Cohn, you know, that narrative. I don't know if you see, have seen that narrative. You seem to have seen a lot of these other narratives, but that narrative is out there. What do you say about that? I mean, you work with her
2: every day. Bethany has, I think, been selfless so far. Um, Yes, she did a podcast. Yes, it basically broke the podcast internet, whatever you want to call it. But that was not in the beginning. That certainly wasn't. I mean, she set out to make her. You know, uh, I mean, everybody obviously looks at their downloads if you do a podcast. But that certainly was not the the kind of modus operandi here. I mean, the, the, it's clear to me, at least, from watching this that she's had uh, she's had uh, an enormous effect on the discussion the fact that you and i are talking about it the fact that um, basically there's been a a deluge a tsunami if you will of coverage on this issue to the point where people have said is this a reality reckoning i mean otherwise you wouldn't be having me on well you might have me on here to talk menendez or uh, or somebody else but i i can tell you she's changed the conversation People are now looking at this. There are now statements being made that, no, don't believe what you read in the contracts. That's not what we meant. That to me, that's she's already affected change. Do you think someone like Andy Cohn needs to worry
1: just, you know, like as the executive producer of Real Housewives? Like, I mean, he's an executive producer. Like, should someone like that worry in terms of a civil lawsuit Losing a job,
2: I—that's probably a bridge too far in, a, in this situation, in terms of what I will comment on. But as I said, we're putting together and investigating and doing all of our our research here, so all options are open. I mean, I haven't foreclosed anything. All absolutely, certainly, certainly Brian hasn't. I mean, we're in touch. Uh, it Seems like also hourly on on what we're doing and as things unfold. So everything is uh, everything's still on the table.
1: Everything is still on the table. What about the Bethany clause? Like, is that a clause that? Other networks use for a reality, you know, this clause, you know, the Bethany clause, where she, you know, very brilliantly opted out of that. And, you know, everyone signs it. And, like, have you gotten into the contracts deeply? Like, I mean, and what does that extend to if you know, if you've gotten that we're, far, we're,
2: we're right smack dab. You know, it's a great question. I'm not going to answer because we're right smack dab in the middle of it. Maybe next time I bring you on to mine, we'll talk about it because there's a lot there to unpack. There's, well, no, I mean, right. I'll come on to it. There's, there's, stay tuned because there's a whole lot of surrounding
1: that so much because listen, I know all these people. So my mind goes to the obvious, like, okay, if you have a a wine, Ramona, Pinot Grigio. Okay. So that qualifies. Then there's this woman, the Countess Loanne. Well, she has a cabaret that's been going on. That has nothing to do with it. Does it extend to that? Does it extend to books? What about I have a nightclub? I'm going to book you in my nightclub for $10,000 tonight. Is that included? These are just my questions. I'm not asking you to answer now. We'll do this in the future, but The more I thought about this when I was sitting down with you. And then, is it during the show? So if I come up with a product a year after I'm off the show. Now, technically, people know about me because I was on the show. So I'm on your show for one year. I already have my fame. Now I come up with a product and it's the next skinny girl. Although nothing is going to be the next skinny girl because Bethany is, you know, brilliant. But now I sell a product for, you know, $100 million and I signed the Bethany clause. Do I owe you money? Because this was a year after I already left. By and-
2: the way, it reminds you, it doesn't kind of remind you of the old movies that you watch of the mafia or the guys who are running a racket and they, you want protection, you got to pay 10%. So yeah. for those who don't know, that's basically what it is. We're going to collect for you because you're in our reality series neighborhood.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if you do it when you're on the show, then you're off the show. You've already been paying the, the Bethany Clause 20 years from now. I'm still paying you from from my cabaret and you fired me five years ago. It all seems just that the Bethany Clause is something that I've always, it, it you know, and I don't have the contracts in front of me. I'm so curious as you I, delve I, into that.
2: I do. So you'll have to you'll have to
1: stay tuned for that. We will stay tuned for that. Is this, I mean, you don't have to say anything and you haven't really, but is that clause like standard? Like you talk about SAG and scripted, like is that clause standard for scripted or other
2: networks? It's a a great question. I can't go there, but, but stay tuned is all I'll say. And by the way, I apologize. I know you're normally an hour, but I have a hard out. I want to do this or continue this discussion and So I'll tell you, stay tuned and we'll be back. Stay tuned and we'll be back. You
1: did tell me you had 45 minutes when we started. I could have you on here every week. I have so many questions. Before we go my final question, how is it to work with, listen, you're a very successful attorney. I know you work all the time, but Bethany, man, podcast, she is just, how is Bethany as a client? Do you wake up to just a thousand voicemails and texts and emails and calls? And I mean that with all due respect, Bethany.
2: She, she really, I, I said before, she's a force of nature. I love her dearly and a great client. You guys are a force to be reckoned with. Well, listen, please feel free to come back anytime.
1: I have so many questions for you. We have just begun to scratch the surface and I really appreciate your time, Mark. Thank you, good to see you. Take care, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope, because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear,